0: Welcome to Spiel and Andy on the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. Today we are breaking down the most dangerous girls teams that have not yet been ranked in the top 10 this season. Oh boy, we're on what, week 11 now? Going to be going into week 12. I guess we're playing week 12 right now when those rankings come out. Uh, A lot of basketball has already been played, and there are still some teams that have yet to crack the top 10 in their respective classifications that are still very dangerous and could win a couple games come state tournament time. But before we get into that, just want to mention the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase event, March 20th at Chester T High School in Gainesville, Georgia. We already have a lot of girls registered. Um, a couple All-State players, a lot of All-Region girls, a couple Division one level talent, a lot of Division two talent. Um, boys pickup is, uh you know, we got a couple good players that we've picked up and is getting some more steam as we move ahead. So looking forward to that, 10 o'clock for the girls and um, probably going to be 4 o'clock for the boys. But March 20th at Chestnut T High School, the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase, check that out at sandyspiel.com for more information on that and register. The registration deadline is March 18th for that event. But let's get into it. Most Dangerous Girls teams that have yet been ranked in the top 10, we're going to start in Class 7A. We're going to touch on two teams in each classification, talk about their best wins, some of their losses, some notable players, and what to expect moving forward. 7A, we will start with McEachern, 11-8. Second in Region 2, trailing Campbell. They're 3-1 and one in that region. Uh, this is a team that probably should have won state title last year, loaded up their roster with transfers, and uh, they hit the transfer market again with Jada Bates this year. But they have a middle-of-the-road record right now. They're, they're doing okay. They got three out-of-state losses out of those eight losses. Four other losses have come to top ten teams. They lost 46-37 to 37 to St. Francis. 65-51 to Sprayberry, 59-57 to Wesleyan. And then, of course, they lost 58-42 at Campbell, the homegrown team in that region right there. Um, so, McEachin, they do have talent. Um, this is a, a team that has picked up a couple nice wins. Uh, they won 44-41 at Hillgrove. They won 64 64- 52 at Pebblebrook, Brook, they won 67-65 at East Coeta, and then won in overtime 53-50 against East Coeta. So sweeping East Coeta, a team that has been in the top 10 during this season, that is a nice win. And Hillgrove, a team that's been knocking on the door, as so has Pebblebrook. So those are four quality wins right there for this McEachern team. Uh, again, not the, the tippy-top of um, the pedestal as far as... Top 10 wins, but good quality wins. That means this is a, a dangerous McEachern team that's starting to round into form. Kristen Roach leads the team scoring at about 15 points per game. Kayla Ellis, a very good Division I guard, at about 10 points per game. And then Jada Bates, uh, still trying to figure out her footing at 8 points per game, but a very high ceiling, about six foot two sophomore. So McEachern, a team in 7A to keep an eye on, especially with Phyllis Arthur and the trick she has up her sleeves come February uh, next up a team down in region one you know region one basketball it's you know especially in class 7a it, it's usually not as good as what you find in the metro Atlanta area and that's just the facts I mean you can go back and check and see how it's gone the past few years uh, T- uh, Tiff County who we just put in the top 10 they uh, did not survive they're not going to survive they already suffered a loss but we're here to talk about Lowndes County 14 and 4 in that region 2 and 1 in region 1 trailing Tiff County. Uh they got a couple nice wins. They beat Pierce County a a three A top ten school. They beat them twice, sixty two forty eight and then sixty three forty nine. And then they beat Thomasville a two A school three times. But that you know, therein lies the problem with these these bigger schools in uh the South Georgia. They're just so far away from seeing other quality opponents that are big schools, so you're a 7A school, you're beating 3A schools and 2A schools, you're probably supposed to do that, now give Lowndes credit, they've done what they're supposed to do, but still, that just you're not going to build enough of a resume, beating a 3A school twice and a 2A school three times as your best wins, that's just not enough to put you in the top 10 in class 7A, now that doesn't mean they're just gonna get steamrolled in the state tournament. Obviously, I think all these teams that I'm talking about today are teams that could potentially win a game or two, depending on matchups. But just for what I do as far as top ten and strength of schedule and resume building, it's gonna be hard for Lowndes to ever get into the top ten with those five wins right there. Um, they also lost sixty four fifty two at Tiff County, but they have a chance to uh, you know get some revenge. And again, a-, a win over Tiff could put them closer into that top 10 picture uh they play them on friday they host them this friday so that will be big if they could pick up a win there and move in uh you know move into that first place with tiff county um but they do have a a, a young top five you know three juniors and two freshmen so that tells me right there this lounge team um vikings are going to be here to stay if it's not this year next year they could be a team that is a legitimate you know bottom of the top 10 uh Regarded team that is going to be in the mix, but five foot seven junior Amaya Espanol, thirteen points, four rebounds, um, got what two steals per game or so, two assists, five steals, uh, a good defensive player. You got a five foot four junior in Faith Johnson who's been a good scorer the entirety of her career so far, but she's at twelve points per game. And then you have a six foot two junior center, Otaifo. S.M. Balau 9 points, 9 rebounds, and 2 blocks per game. So you have size in the middle, and that will help out come state tournament time. Now we'll move on down to Class 6A, and we're going to keep it down in Region 1. Now it is Class 6A, but we're still, Region 1 means we're going down south first, and that means we're going down to Valdosta, 14-7, 3-1 in the region. They're in second place, trailing Houston County. Right now, with this Valdosta team, they're starting to turn a corner. They they struggled early on, but now they're really playing some some strong basketball. Beat Lowndes 49-43 at Lounge. They beat a top-10 team in Class 3 out of Cross Creek 43-32. They beat a solid Northside Warner Robins team three times. And then they clobbered Lee County, a respectable team that struggled in their region. Uh, but they beat them 71-45. Out of their losses... Uh, you know, we said they have seven losses. One, two, three, four, five of those losses have come against teams that have spent time in the top 10. Lost 61-31 to Langston Hughes, 61-36 to Marietta, 70-37 to to Tiff, 49-41 to undefeated Brunswick, and then 64-45 to Houston County. Um, so those are some losses right there, uh, that are quality opponents, obviously, um, and you know, looking at what they have, I mean, Essence Cody, a junior, six foot three, co- uh, six foot three center, that's been regarded as a, a four or a five star prospect since day one as a freshman. Um, she's still putting up similar numbers: seventeen points, over thirteen rebounds, four blocks per game. So she is obviously an issue. Uh, Denver Arnold's very important on the perimeter, averaging over nine points and three assists. And they have another. Big post presence. And Valdosta, I feel like the Wildcats always have great size and great length inside, whether it's the Cody sisters or whoever else. But this year, it's a six foot three center, the Lisa Kier, just under seven points per game, over seven rebounds and three blocks per game. So you got Essence Cody and Kier right there, averaging over seven blocks per game between them. Two six foot three twin towers inside. That gives Coach Wilcox a lot of defensive. Firepower, a lot of you know size to anchor that paint and to make things tough when it really matters comes state tournament time. So Valdosta, I don't know if they're going to have enough around Denver Arnold on the perimeter to make a deep run, but they do have size inside that is going to cause a problem for most teams. And next up, Dalton out of Region Five, fifteen and four, two game losing streak, nine and two in that region. Um, they are tied with Carrollton. Who they beat, and they are second to Rome, who is currently in first place. Um, but let's run down this Dalton team, a team that I've had on the radar, but I don't, I don't, I don't know, especially with these this, these recent losses, which will tell you why it's given me pause to put them in the top ten. Yet I do think they are a quality program, but top ten, it's they still got work to do. But they do have two wins over Calhoun. They went two out of three against Calhoun. Their two wins were fifty-one forty-six, and then forty-eight forty-six. Against Calhoun, um, their their first loss of the season was actually to Calhoun season opener sixty seven forty eight, but obviously they've they've gotten that figured out since then. Um, they beat a Ringgold team that's you know smaller classification I believe Ringgold's in that three A um, quality team thirty seven to twenty eight. They beat a athletic Douglas County team sixty two twenty seven, so that's a a pretty nice win. And then fifty four forty three to Carrollton sounds like Carrollton was missing a couple key pieces. Had some injuries, sickness, but still a, a good win right there. Carrollton has since dropped out of the top 10, but Carrollton is still a, a, a very nice win to hang your head on. Their losses, we already mentioned the Calhoun loss, uh, blown out 74 41 at Rome, and then just this past week, 46 uh, 36. They lose at home to Rome, so they kept it close. Uh, and, but the loss that kind of really does bother me is this 43 38 loss. At Northwest Whitfield now, Northwest Whitfield um, has always been a quality program on the girls' side, especially. But they're not what they were maybe three, four years ago. They're fourteen and seven in uh, Class Four A, so they have a respectable record. But you know, top ten teams in Class Six A, more often than not, they're probably not going to lose to a team like Northwest Whitfield or some of these smaller, you know, smaller teams. 3A, 4A schools that aren't in the top 10 so that's that's you know top 10 teams in class 6 that don't lose to unranked teams in 3A and 4A so that's that's kind of tough right there for me so that's what has kept Dalton out that loss right there was a a tough pill to swallow but you know Dalton's gonna give a lot of teams some problems with Grace Ridley a junior about six foot tall Um, averaging a double double is double doubled in pretty much every single game except Maybe two or three, two games this season uh she's a powerhouse um inside out, very good player, and then they have two sophomores, Emma Hefner, and then Kimara Washington gives them some athleticism, some scoring on the perimeter. Um, so those two pieces, uh, a couple other young players, freshmen that have seen some big minutes, but it all starts and stops with Grace Ridley. Hope to get her at my camp on March 20th, that would be fantastic, but she is a very good player that should be drawing some Division two and maybe even some low Division one looks if she gets the right exposure. Um, so this is Dalton team. Again, sitting in second place, we'll see what happens once Carrollton gets fully healthy. Dalton's still Might be more so of a three seed when everybody is at full strength and all is said and done. But still, Dalton's going to be a tough team. And if they get home court advantage come state tournament time, watch out. Because it is very difficult to win in Dalton, as everybody knows around the state. You do not want to go up there and play a meaningful game because that is a tough place to win at. On to Class 5A. Um... I want to have two teams out of Region Four, but I'll just touch on one team in Region Four to start with, and that's Dutchtown. They are eleven and seven overall, eight and three in the region. They're tied for third place behind Union Grove, who's um, in the top ten, who's ten and one. Eagles Landing, who I kind of want to touch on uh, a little bit, who's nine and three. And then Stockbridge, who's 8-3, and three, an- another top 10 team. So that's this has been, you know, Dutchtown and Eagles Landing have good records in that region. They haven't cracked into the top 10, but I think both these teams are quite dangerous. And why am I hinting on Dutchtown uh, more so than Eagles Landing? Well, Dutchtown has been an up-and-down team. Uh, we'll start with the bad losses. 54-48 to Jonesboro is not good. 38-37 to Woodland, not very good. Um, They've lost to four top ten teams, so out of your seven losses right there, at least four of them are, if you want to say, I, you know, I don't want to say good losses, but like, okay, I can understand those losses. These are against other good quality teams. Those, the Jonesboro and Moss, those can't necessarily happen. Those put you in a hole when it comes to trying to get into the top ten. Those really hurt your, uh, your resume, strength of schedule losses. Um, but they lost 54-21 to Cherokee, 68-36 to to Rome. 5341 Stockbridge and then 7548 to Maynard Jackson but what gives me gives me a little bit of hope a little upside with this Dutch Town team are their two good wins they do have two top 10 wins that have come within that region that have really thrusted them into that you know into that third spot right now because if you're looking at all these other teams' resumes, you know, a lot of those teams aren't losing to Jonesboro and Woodland. But what did Dutch 10 do to get themselves right back in there? They stole two games. They beat Union Grove 45 44, and they beat Stockbridge on the road 48 45. Those are two really good quality wins that gives you that, you know, when they're bad, they're they're gonna struggle. But when they're good, they can play with literally the top teams in that region. So that makes Bulldogs that makes them very dangerous. And they have a team, you know, pretty solid guard play. Um, Jade Anderson's a senior. Taylor Ward is also a senior. And then Stevie Scott, a junior, provides a lot of injury, uh, a lot of energy, stuffs the stat sheet, does a really good job defensively. So this Dutchtown team, if they can just eliminate those trap games, those pitfall games, where they probably should win on paper. Uh this team can play with some of the best in the region, and some of the best teams in the region are some of the better teams in the entire state. Next up, I'm going down to Region 8. Second in the region trailing Greenbrier is Loganville 13 and 6 or 7 and 2 in the region now. They don't really have too many great wins to mention. I mean, they got a 69-51 win over Tequila, who is just an enigma of a team you never know uh, when they're going to really establish their post presence and she's going to play hard, but they beat them by 18 points, and then they beat uh, North Cobb Christian 52-40 at the CTC Classic, which I hosted girls' event at Grayson High School, and they, they played well, but with that game, North Cobb Christian, their best player, Brooke Moore, who averages close to a triple-double, did not play, so even that game, you kind of like, yeah, you pull the throttle on it, um, but they're 13 and six. Now I will say, out of those six losses, they've played good teams. Out of those six losses, five of them have come against top 10 teams. So Coach John Zorn, he's not ducking, he's not running from anybody. He's playing good teams, and they're they're keeping it respectable. They lost 48 to 33 to Grayson, who's near the top in 7A. Um, Lost 55-42 at Jefferson. Again, tough place to play at. And Jefferson, obviously, one of the the pinnacle teams in Class 4A. Um, They lost twice to Greenbrier. They lost 62-50 at Greenbrier. And then just recently, 46-39 at home to Greenbrier. And then they lost 59-36 at North Forsyth. One of the best teams in the entire state this year out of Class 7A. So they've played some of the best teams They've given these teams some good games. You know, Sydney Bolden's a senior that is getting talked about at the D three level, getting talked about at the Division I level. A lot of schools are trying to get in on Sydney Bolden right now, just with her her wiry length at the guard position, about five nine, has really stepped up as a scorer and a playmaker this year. And of course, very, very good defensively, gets a lot of steals, can block some shots as well. Um just a good on-ball defender, well-rounded, very strong player um and then amaya lewis about 6 foot 3 6 foot 4 sophomore she has really improved taking leaps and bounds playing with confidence even showing a little smile here and there scoring inside handling the ball pushing the ball in transition blocking shots you know still getting that coordination you know growing into her body when you're that long and that big that gangly takes a little while but she is really piecing it together having a great sophomore season really rising in my book, as a, a player that I was like, okay, I don't know if she necessarily needs these D1 offers right now, but now if she continues this growth from year one to year two, if she takes it to year three to year four, yes, that is a, a slam dunk Division one player with a very nice upside. She is playing great basketball this season, so you got to keep an eye on that inside-out duo between Amaya Lewis on the block and then Sidney Bolden on the outside perimeter. Very strong, strong team. Uh, Loganville, again, haven't gotten those great wins yet. If they take care of business, they continue to beat Walnut Grove. If they get that two-seed, maybe even shock the world, they take one from Bay If they grab that one-seed, but one-seed, two-seed, um, they're going to be a tough team to beat. If they had the home court advantage at the Inferno, this is a solid team, and Coach Lauren has been battle tested. he's taken these teams deep into the postseason before. So Loganville um, quietly flying under the radar. Like I said, might not ever be a top 10 team right now in Class 5A just because of the lack of strong wins, but a good team nonetheless come state tournament time. Things get interesting once we head on down to Class 4A. Uh, we will start in Region 1 with Monroe. They are 11-10, 4-3 in that region. A very competitive region. A three-way tie for second place as everyone's chasing Westover who's 5-2. and two. We've had multiple teams. I think it's at least three teams, maybe, out of that region that have been ranked. I know Thomas County Central has been ranked, Um, Westover, Bainbridge. So, some quality teams in there. It's no one, you know, a little bit of a cannibalization as far as the records go, but some good teams. Monroe, we're going to talk about this squad. Um, That just leads us right into the good wins. They do have quality wins 42 41 over Doherty. 49-37 4937 over West Lawrence 5942 over a top 10 team in Thomasville in class 2A that spent time in that top 10 5245 over first place Westover who's the top 10 team currently and then another win 50-44 over Bainbridge a team that has spent time in the top 10 with a 6 foot 3 center going to mercer named Detavia Salter those are quality wins right there from Monroe and they do have some losses top 10 losses they got beat by Sumter County twice 44-36 and 62-52 Sumter County pretty strong team at a class 3A in the middle of the poll there um they did lose to Thomas County Central Fifty-seven, forty-five, and they lost at Central Alabama, 17-18, 45-43. Uh, so this Monroe team, 11-10, and I feel like they're better than their record says they are. They have a nice little nucleus between six-foot uh, six junior Aaliyah Robinson. She's averaging over 15 points and seven rebounds per game. You got a six-foot-one senior in Kayla Raven, 11 points and eight rebounds, and a five-foot-nine uh, guard in Sierra Lunsford, a sophomore, averaging over eight points per game. So that's a nice little core right there. And like I said, they they played some, you know, I'm not saying the teams that they beat and the teams they've lost to are the, the top upper echelon, you know, premier top 10 teams. But these are top 10 teams that, you know, maybe rank 7 through 10, bottom of their respective polls, quality teams. You know you're playing a, at least a solid team, not a pushover. So some good wins there for Monroe. Interesting team. Now, the antithesis of Monroe. Hardaway, 11-5, 8-1, and, five, eight and one, second place in Region 2, trailing Carver. That is a bad region. They have not played very many good teams. If you're looking at Monroe and uh, Region 1, five out of the six teams are over 500. Region 2, Three out of the nine teams are over 500, so it is a bad region, and I don't like... I got people jumping in the DMs on Instagram and Twitter saying I'm hating on Hardaway. No, I think Hardaway is a solid team, and I think they're probably going to win a game or two in the state playoffs, and I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with down the road next year and the year beyond. I think they have a chance to build something very special as long as Carver doesn't recruit them over there, which has been a problem in the past as far as girls leaving Hardaway and going to um, Carver-Columbus. I think you could look at some McDonald's All-Americans. I think that was a similar plight, so I don't know. You can do that research on yourself. I won't have to name any names, but with that being said, Hardaway, like I said, eleven and five. Their best win is over Brookstone, a fifteen and four good record team, but fifteen and four in Class A private. They beat them forty to thirty seven. Brookstone is unranked, and we know in Class A private, you know, if you're not in that top six or seven, it's it gets really tough. If you're unranked in Class A private, it's you know it it's it gets a little tricky it's a it's a nice win but it's not a a win as far as being a 4A school where you're that much bigger that you necessarily want to hang your hat on and say look who we beat that's just not enough to get you in the top 10 they beat troop county who's 8 and 11 that maybe that's their best win 8 and 11 troop county who really had their season just fall apart when Anaya Palmer tore up her shoulder. They've been just not a very good basketball team since. They beat Troop 42-34 and then 54-44. So maybe those are your, your best wins right there, a team that's under 500. So it gets a little tough as far as strength of schedule goes. It's, it's not there, or at least the win's not there. Um, but I will say their best results are losses. They lost 66-64 to East Coweta, a team that did spend time in the top 10 in Class 7A. They lost 51-45 to Northside Columbus, a team that is currently ranked, and I believe that is Class 5A. Um, they lost 62-59 to Central Alabama, who we just mentioned lost by two points to Monroe, another team that we think is you know, in the hunt for being in the top 10, so okay. They played them well. 48 41 loss to Maynard Jackson, not bad at all. And then a seven, uh, nine point loss, 80 to 71 against Carver. So, right there, they their best results are losses. Uh, and I think that's typically, you know, that's a good thing. That's a good sign as far as when you come to the state tournament. You've seen good teams. But as far as getting into the top 10, you. Gotta beat some good teams, and there's just not a lot of good teams on Hardaway's schedule that they've been able to beat. So that's that's gonna hold them back in the top ten. I don't think that's gonna hurt them come state tournament time. But this is a young team. They got a six foot one freshman, Akilah Shelton, who came in the DMs, guaranteed a win over Carver. They were unable to deliver, but they will have another shot at them, and they will uh, I would assume, get Carver. Maybe not this year, maybe next year. Who knows? But Shelton. Ten points per game, six rebounds over two blocks per game. So she's got some good upside. You got another long five foot ten freshman, Michaela Johnson, ten points, six rebounds. So you got a good nucleus there, and you got a couple other ones as well that are going to be back moving forward. So a lot to like about Hardaway. But you know, Hardaway taking shots at Chesity, not 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 Hardaway the team. The Hardaway fans that, you know, obviously they're they're only knowing what's going on in their microcosm area. They're not like me where I have to go all over the map and I cover I cover North Georgia. I do cover West Georgia. I'm here. I'm there. I got to know what's going on all across the state. You've never seen a team from North Georgia play before. It's far away. I wouldn't expect you to. But they're saying, why is Chastity ranked their fifth in the region well, Chesty all of a sudden just give them one week. They're sitting at fifteen and six, five and three in the region, tied for second place in Region Eight, which has been um, one of the better regions in the state this year. That has seen Chesty ranked. That has seen Jefferson, who is a juggernaut, ranked. That has seen North Oconee ranked at one point. A team that has, um, let's see, girl going to Piedmont, girl going to Barry. Um, you know, this is a team that has multiple players going to the next level Annika bonds is a girl that's going to probably play at the division two level and then they have a great sophomore that's likely going to do the same so you got four players right there off rip that are you know college guards that you're looking you know if if that's the third best team or fourth best team in that region eight and cedar shoals how I, i nearly forgot to mention cedar shoals if we're talking about a team with four college guards that's maybe the third or fourth best team in that region uh, I don't think you have three or four college guards as a third or fourth best team in a region that only has three teams over 500 in that region. Um, but Chester they do have those top 10 wins. They did beat North Hall, a top 10 team, 70 to 47. They did beat that North Oconee team, 75 to 63. They did beat a 13 and six Alpharetta team that's in 7A. They did beat them as well, um, which is pretty impressive. Again, you, you put Alpharetta... A win on Hardaway's uh their their schedule that that would automatically be their best win and then they did beat Harris County forty nine forty one a team that is in that same area as the Columbus schools and Hardaway so a very similar product right there um so this is a a, a solid team Chesty I know I'm not trying to swing it all the way over there but you know bash and why are they in the top ten well they have a sophomore averaging close to twenty points and ten rebounds per game this is a team that just like you, is pretty much all freshmen, all going to be there. Uh, So might need to get that game on the schedule for next season. Um, But Chesty, Hardaway, um, like I said, Chesty has done more. Two top 10 wins, Hardaway. um, I guess Troop County would be a top 10 win on paper when the season first started. But if you know what happened to Troop when they lost their star player, they have just been getting beaten very badly multiple times. Um, But Hardaway, I'll end on this note. Very dangerous team come state tournament time just because of that length, athleticism. Young team, they have played good teams. They haven't been able to score a big win to get into the top 10 yet. Um, But Hardaway is going to be a team that should have a chance to win a game or two come state tournament time. Now on to Class 3A. Uh, we'll go down to Region 4. Um, Thompson coming out of nowhere at 9-3, and 4-0 in the region. They play Cross Creek, who's 6-0 in the region, who's in first place in that region just because they played more games. But they played them on Friday, and that's going to be a big measuring stick game just to see where Thompson is at. Thompson does have a top 10 win over Burke County, 42-39. to uh, They do have, you know, all three of their losses are losses to good teams, all three top 10 losses. Elbert County, who was number one in the state for the longest time until this past week in Class 2A, lost to them 70-43, to lost to Josie, another 2A school that's been in the top three, uh, just slipped to number six, I want to say, but has been in that top three for pretty much the entire season, lost to them 42-31, and they lost to Grovetown, a uh, top 10 school in Class 6A, 49-30. So those are three good teams that they've suffered losses to. Again, Burke County, their best win. Uh, they beat Morgan County as well. Um, but this is a team that's been led by a, a freshman, Jada Kendrick, averaging over 12 points, 6 rebounds, 3 steals, and over a block per game. And they have a senior, five foot eleven Kenya Roberson. Uh, Roberson, a, a very good double-double threat at uh, roughly 10 points and 9 rebounds per game. Um, so this is a team, we'll see what they can do against Cross Creek. Now, if they get blown out of the water by Cross Creek, that'll be a tough pill to swallow. But if they can kind of hang in there and play with them, uh, this could be a team that, you know, if they split this week, if they win a game and then lose to Cross Creek, um, this could be a team that gets into the top 10 fairly quickly. And next up, a team that's been knocking on the door of the top 10. They want it. I can feel it in the tweets. I can feel it. East Forsyth wants to be in that top 10, and they're getting close 15 and 6, 7 and 4 in region 7 in third place, trailing number one Lumpkin County and White County as well. They have a 62-57 win over Dawson, and their best win is a 65-63 win over North Hull, who is currently in the top ten. Top ten losses. They lost 79-35 to Lumpkin County on the road, but then in their rematch they played them close 54-46. Um, they got beat 67-44 to, uh, by Rabin County at the Battle of the States, and then they lost 58-55 to White County. Um, they're led by two juniors, Ella Holbrook at about 13 points per game, and Allison Hadima, 13 points and 7 rebounds. Coach Hedrick has his team playing good basketball. Again, They're they're getting closer and closer and closer. They're nipping at the heels of the top 10. I'd probably put them they're probably in that top 13 range or so if if any you know further down than that that would be a i don't think so but they you know they're right there top 13 definitely no farther down than top 15 they just got to string together some wins they're getting close a team that is really finding their identity first year as a school um just put up 83 points against i, th- I believe West Hall Um, so this is a team that's really starting to play good basketball they've been consistent all year haven't nabbed that that huge win yet but that win over North Hall gives them a lot of confidence moving forward and that close loss to Lumpkin County does so as well so East Forsyth a team one of the best teams in class three that has yet to be ranked in the top 10 in class two a It gets a little tricky because I feel like we've pretty much nailed down all the top teams in Class 2A that have spent time in the top 10. Now, there are some teams that are currently outside of the top 10 right now, um, but I can't really talk about them because they have spent time in there. This podcast is about teams that have not at all spent one week in the top ten in the polls. So that's where it gets very tricky, especially when you're in week eleven of the season right now. But we're gonna go to region four. Like I said, it gets tricky, so forgive me. Third place team trailing Laney and Josie, Oglethorpe County, 13 and 5, 6 and 2 in the region. They don't have any good wins. Um but they they have played good pretty solid teams you know out of their five losses they've lost to uh, respectable programs um uh, lost 52 to 43 to Thompson who we just mentioned earlier 9 and 3 team in class 3A they lost 55 48 to East Jackson a top 10 team in the state in uh, uh that is class 3A if i'm not mistaken um they also lost 68-41 to Josie, a top 10 team. They lost in overtime 67-60 to Hart County, a 3A school that's 12 and 8, and they got blown out by Laney 82-55, a team that has just cracked back into the top 10. So all their losses have been against respectable teams, good teams. So for that reason, you know, we're talking about them as being a a, a solid team, but again, no, it doesn't look like they're gonna be able to crack into the top ten anytime soon, just because there's there's no good wins on the table, but at least they have lost two good teams. They have no bad losses. Next up, we'll go down to region one in Fitzgerald, nine and four, four and one in that region, second place, trailing Thomasville. Um, they do have a top ten win over Thomas County Central, 48-42. So that is that's a nice one. That's a quality team that's sitting at about meh, 15-6, and six, somewhere in that area in class uh, 4A, if I'm not mistaken. So that is not a bad uh, bad win at all. A very nice win, actually. Um, so they did beat them, but they did lose to them. So they did split 43-38. Um, they lost to a 5A school in coffee twice, um, and they lost to that Thomasville team who they're trailing in the region standings, who has spent time in the top 10 this season, 60-54. to 54, And they're playing Thomasville on Saturday. So if Fitzgerald is able to get a win over Thomasville, um, that's going to propel them to the top of the standings. And, you know, I'm not going to say more importantly, less importantly, um, that's going to help their resume as far as if they want to crack into the top 10 at some point this season. In Class A private uh, again, it gets much tougher when you get to these smaller classifications, but Landmark Christian, 13-7, 7-0 and and in Region 2, probably going to run the table. That has really turned out to be a bad region this year with Green Force unable to reload. Uh, Landmark Christian is sitting pretty, and they're going to probably record close to 20 wins this year. Um, but they do have two nice wins, fifty-two to fifty, over McEachern. And they did beat New Manchester, a team that did spend time in the top ten early on in the season in Class Five A. Uh, they beat New Manchester sixty-two to sixty-one. And out of their seven losses, six of them to top ten teams. Uh, now they didn't play anyone. They played a few teams, eh, fairly close. Um, but six out of the seven losses to top 10 teams to good top 10 teams, mind you, uh, that makes you feel pretty good about landmark Christian. They lost 66, 42 to Mount Perrin, 75 to 60 to Norcross, 71, 50 to forest park, 63, 52 lost to Rockdale, 45, 42 loss to Trinity Christian. Who's, uh, they're about number seven in the state in class a private. And then they got blown out 72, 34 by East Coweta. Um, they're led by the sophomore 5'9", sophomore guard Gabby Grooms, averaging over seventeen points per game coach's daughter, a uh, very good player has been leading this team and like I said uh, don't be surprised if you look up and see landmark with about a eighteen and seven record, something like that twenty and seven record heading into the state tournament. Uh, I do not foresee them losing another region game. oh they've never lost a region game this year, so I just do not foresee them losing a region game period um so expect them to be riding a lot of momentum heading into the state tournament uh next up again we're going back down to region one second team in region one or second place in region one stratford academy 15 and 5 3 and 1 in that region uh, a program that always finds a way to record a lot of wins even when um you know they're rebuilding a little bit and this is their swan song they're leaving the ghsa it's a crying shame all those teams in them, region one you know you're you're dissipating into irrelevancy it, it that is the fact it's you're just disappearing into nothingness and it breaks my heart because those are some fun schools fpd uh, stratford uh, teams like that Tattnall square i think's gone too you don't want to leave the ghsa i'm telling you it's a bad decision bad 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 decision um but what they're doing this year 42 34 win over LOA, Lake Oconee Academy, who they split with this year, but that is a top 10 win. And, um, you know, they lost 42 37 to them as well, but that is a top 10 win. And they do have another top 10 win over Athens Academy, 43 34. So two decent wins right there, quality wins, not bad at all. Um, they only lost thirty-seven thirty to Calvary Day, who's been in the top ten pretty much all season in a private with that dynamic backcourt of Michaela Primo and Hannah Kale. Uh, Stratford did only lose by seven points to them, um, but they did lose forty-five twenty-nine to Deerfield Windsor, a top ten team who is, uh, I believe, that is a team that is in first place in Region One, um. Out of their other losses, they lost fifty-one thirty-eight to Bullock Academy, a team outside of the GHSA, but they're eighteen and two. That is a solid team. So again, they played them fairly close, but this is a deep balanced Stratford Academy team, uh five foot nine junior. Gracie Georgensen's been coming on strong lately as a leading scorer. Five foot seven freshman guard Layla Harvey is a very talented player. I've seen her uh, since she was about seventh or eighth grade. And then Brianni Wooden, a five foot eight senior part of that that core of you know big three that score the ball and they got a couple other I think abigail crick might be a name so that's a team that can uh, you know, really share the ball not anybody's going to go for 20 points but there's a couple girls that'll get you 10 12 points and when you're you're balanced and you got five six girls that can give you double digits that makes you a tough cover so stratford academy a quality team outside of the top 10 and a private And we're gonna finish up now with a public again. Now this is—it's been like shooting fish in a barrel in uh, Class A public, and that's probably not even the right terminology to use. What? How about uh, blindfolding myself and trying to do pin the tail on the donkey? It's been very difficult to rank these teams in Class A public, just because it's—it's up and down. There's not a juggernaut team. It's you know who's hurt, who's in, who's out, who's playing only six games or nine games like we were going to talk about Hancock Central but they just that's a bad region they're in they haven't played enough games and it just it's still we're you know we're this is year two of this we got teams playing 20 games and we got other teams stuck playing less than 10 games this deep into the season that is a major issue and that's a local issue that the 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 decision makers in those those counties and those schools, they they got to figure some stuff out. What's going on? I just don't understand how COVID affects some counties differently than other counties. It's, it's, I just don't think that's, you know, that's, we'll say that for another podcast. But anyway, we'll start in, um, region two. And that's the two teams we're going to talk about today in region two, Turner County, 13 and six, 10 and one in the region a team that has always had three girls score over you know, 15, 20 points per game, put up a lot of points, high profile, high power offense. Now it's all come down to just five foot nine junior Takiya Burgess, but she's put up monster numbers over just under 26 points per game, seven rebounds, three, uh, three steals, and close to two blocks per game. So she is just a, a great athlete, just a high-energy player, pours in video game-like numbers for Turner County, who is tied for first place in that region with Charlton County, who we'll talk about in just a second. But Turner County, their best win, 44-41 over Clinch County, who is much better than expected. I think they only have one loss this year, which is surprising after they lost all their senior leadership from last year that got them uh, to the state title game. Uh, And then their losses, Turner County. Six losses, but you lost to a 7A school in Lowndes. You lost to a top 10 7A school in TIFT. You lost to a 3A top 10 school in Sumter. You lost to a 5A school in Coffee. They did lose 59-51 at Charlton County, and then they lost to a 2A school in Berrien. But a lot of those losses, you're playing much bigger schools, and you're losing to some fairly decent programs. So Turner County, they're playing better than I expected this year. And next we'll talk about Charlton County. 17-3, 10-1 in that region, a sexier record. They did beat Turner County 59-51. And they will be playing at Turner this Friday, which will be very interesting, especially in these small schools. You know, home court advantage looms very large. But the loss for Charlton County lost 53-48 to Monroe, Florida. Um they lost fifty to forty-seven at Brantley County, a six-and-thirteen. Three A school, so that's not a, necessarily a great loss, and they lost sixty eight sixty three at clinch, and this is a team that's been led by two high scoring players: five foot three junior Michaela Garark, twenty points per game, and then a five foot eight senior. Jordan Vernon over 16.5 points per game. So that'll be an interesting matchup to see if anybody out of that Region 1 can crack into the top 10. Or Region 2, pardon me, can crack into the top 10. We'll see what happens at Turner County on Friday. So there you have it. The most dangerous teams, the best teams outside of the top 10 that have yet to be ranked in the girls' top 10 in their respective classifications. As always, follow Kyle Sandy 355 on Twitter, at Sandy Spiel on Twitter, and of course, SandySpiel.com. Again, March 20th, Chesapeake High School, Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase. If you think you have a player, boy or girl, that needs to be seen, needs to be recognized, come on over. Come on down. We have multiplayer discounts as well. That'll save you $30 if you come with three or more players. Come on over. I want to see as much town as possible from North Georgia, Middle Georgia, South Georgia, East, West, Middle, Central, I probably, you know, all, all the places on the compass. I don't discriminate. I want to see them all. Come check out the camp. Come be seen. But with that, until next time, I will see you in the gym.